listening to Beyond the Beach, a Champ Camp podcast, the only show that brings high fives and good vibes directly to your ears. Prepare to laugh, smile, and maybe even cry a little as Champ Camp's real stories and life lessons take us beyond the beach. My guy. We're live, buddy. Hey, guy. What's up? How you doing? Doing pretty well, bub. How are you? Good. Long time no talk. No. <laughs> Maybe the first time we've just recorded a conversation, but um, we talked. I've secretly been, I've recorded every phone call we've ever shared, so joke's on you. Well, this should be super natural for you, then. Yeah, this is natural for me. This is my act. This is my recording myself act. You in, in, your, in your environment. So That's it. I'm in environment. You're chilling uh, in your in your car. You just finished. Yeah, I'm, I'm a busy boy. Um, I had like a two week long gig that I had to return the keys for. So I uh, was managing a photo studio, and I just dropped the keys back off with them. Uh, their full time guy came back, which is sweet. Good for them. They're stoked. Uh, yeah, and so I dropped off the keys, and I'm hanging out with my dog. Um, just had a breakfast sandwich. Ooh. And I'm feeling fly. Okay. Yeah, it's good. What kind of uh, breakfast sandwich did you have? So I don't eat meat, as uh, a lot of the employees at Champ Camp know, and maybe some of the kids. Um, so Starbucks started carrying the Impossible breakfast sandwich. And I'm not a big Starbucks guy. I'm not even a big coffee guy. But if when I drink coffee, Starbucks is not. No offense to Starbucks if they're listening. Um, don't you know? Don't get upset with me. But uh, their coffee just always tastes kind of like burnt. But this breakfast sandwich is phenomenal, and it doesn't have meat. It has this fake meat in it. Um, yeah, that's a good on-the-go snack. I usually make. Yesterday I made uh, egg and cheese with avocado and salsa on top. That is like my go-to. I'll like fry up an egg or two and put some salsa and avocado on top. Uh, but today I'm on the go. Go, dude. Podcast in the car. Yep. Isn't technology crazy? It's wild. I'm happy that you are all fueled up and uh, brain fully firing, ready for this uh, deep dive into this. I'm fueled. I wanted to get in full summer mode, so I got this like kiwi drink that tastes like summer. The only thing you're missing is maybe that would help. I need like an umbrella in the drink or something or a lawn chair just sitting in the back of my trunk. That's next time. Pop, pop open the back and get a reclining pop-up chair. I don't know if just you know this, but this is just the first of many times you're going to come on this thing. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure that uh, I'm sure you got something up your sleeve. Yeah. Once this, uh, well, what we're going to talk about once that really takes off, then you're going to have a hard time locking me into these because I'm going to be wanted by uh, maybe Tech Deck will have me on their podcast or something. No, no. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. Sorry. Butterboards will have me on their podcast. That's right. Well, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, I thought, uh, why don't you give us the, the runaround? Um, who are you and, and how, how do you, how do I even know you? How do we know each other and why are we doing this? My name is Tim. Um, as a lot of you guys know, I have two middle names. So that's interesting. Normand and Dylan are my middle names. 
Um, I met Trevor first, Trevor of Champ Camp Fame. Um, we were on the same soccer team. I was probably 12 and you were probably 13 because you're a year older than me. Does that sound about right? Yeah, and my voice was... We uh, we were on the same soccer team, and that ended up we were wearing our team colors were like teal mm-hmm. and white, almost like the same color shirt you're wearing now. Uh, in Radio Land, Trevor's wearing a nice like mint green, like toothpaste color. So our soccer team name was called Minty Fresh, and I remember being in the meeting. At, like when you played AYSO as a kid, you'd have like a team meeting to start the season off. Uh, usually somewhere neutral, but we had it at our coach's house, which happened to be my third grade teacher's husband, which was kind of weird because I was at my third grade <laughs> teacher's house. So I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. Um, and the meeting had started, and I was like, oh, this team looks cool. It's great. And then in walks Trevor and his mom, probably 10 minutes late. We joke that that's Trevor time. Trevor's usually about 10 minutes late, but so am I. It's rubbing off on me. So we're both guilty of being on Trevor time at times. Um Trevor walks in late and I was like, oh, I've seen this guy around like skateboarding or whatever. Uh, social media obviously didn't, didn't exist back then, but I had known about you from skating, like mutual friends or whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. He seems like a nice guy. Like, and he's like, you're like a, a bigger dude for your age. So I was like stoked. He's, he's going to be some power on our team. It's great. <laughs> um, so that season went well. I don't think we really like hit it off. I mean, obviously we were like teammates or whatever, but it didn't really go past that. Um, but, you know, whatever. At that age, too, like, you lived on a different side of Westchester than I did. So it wasn't like we lived next to each other or whatever. Um, and then fast forward to high school. And I don't even remember how, but I befriended Allie, who is now your wife. Wife. Uh, wife. Wife in ninth grade. And I think it was through... I don't even know because I don't know if I knew Katie then Katie is Allie's one of Allie's best friends and also from Westchester. So we were like, I think there was just a common bond of kids from Westchester going to El Segundo high school Right, was kind of the common bond. And I don't know, like sometimes we would carpool eventually in high school and stuff, but I really don't know how it started, but I kind of befriended that friend group and would hang out with Allie. And then you guys started dating when she was in ninth grade or younger um no ninth grade ninth grade so I think I had like I think I was there from the beginning like I mean we Ali and I weren't she wasn't telling me like I'm going on a date with this guy but we were like friends and I remember you coming around and I was like who's this guy I'm like this is the guy like you this is the guy who showed up late to our our soccer meeting and little do you know I was like Ali he's he's tardy he's so late to everything like where no I'm kidding I'm kidding I just need something on this Trevor time notion. You're right. I I tend to uh, run on the late side of things, but I want to remind you of something from summer 2019. You, a a gig popped up or something like that. And so you, you went away for a couple days from Manhattan. And so I went and I was the, the person arriving in the van in the morning. Right. I know where the story's going, yes. And up I roll at seven fifty-eight and park to unload. And I didn't know then, but later on you had told me, uh, Will, uh, shout out to Will. Um, he said he mentioned that 
when I saw, I saw the van coming up at 7.58, I knew that it was Trevor and wasn't Tim. Well, okay, I would get there at 8.02. Okay, okay. So I said I'm guilty of it too, fully guilty of it. But what you don't know is like how well oiled our team was and we only needed like 25 minutes to get ready. So I was like, I could take the extra two minutes Easy. to really like extra brush my teeth or whatever I had to do in the morning. <laughs> so um, I'm guilty. I'm totally guilty of it. Nice. So I'll, I'll pay you back eventually for all those two minutes that I, I clocked in for, but I wasn't actually there. <laughs> I rounded down. Sorry. How it works, buddy. I'm just kidding. But yeah, so back to that. Um, we're both tardy. That's the summary of the story. I was just kidding. I never told Allie anything bad. I was like, oh, this guy is great. We were on the same soccer team, whatever. I don't think I gave her any input. She's a, she's a woman who follows her own heart, obviously. <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> and then, so she started hanging out with you a ton. And uh, growing up, Allie had like a, a pool room in the back. So it was like a, there was a pool table and a, like a pinball machine and everyone would just hang out there. And so we would just hang out like on weekends and you started showing up more and like I started showing up more and I was like, oh, this guy's great. And then you and I, thanks to Allie, just like hit it off, started skating more. We would go to concerts together and just hang out. Like eventually just you and I and not even like the whole group, uh, we really blossomed our friendship. So we did. Thanks to Allie uh you you and i have become best friends so um that was the intro to it and then all through high school obviously all those memories we we went to homecoming dances together not together but like our dates and us together the same limo yeah but definitely there are some memories of you and i sharing a dance or two for sure uh, yeah and uh yeah all through high school those memories happened and then kind of through college you went to college and i kind of did my own thing but we stayed in touch and then after college kind of like rekindled when we had more free time together. Mm. So that's it. Long. It's a long winded friendship. Long winded. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to an end. No I'm kidding. Um, yeah. Now we're like brothers where like uh, I could just like randomly show up at your parents' house and there's no questions asked. We're just like, Oh, Hey, you want dinner? And I'm like, your mom always jokes that I'm like her fourth son. So it's uh it's cool your your family has welcomed me in right. like uh they've embraced our brotherhood if you will they that they have uh, right that's a good way to put it well this long-winded this long-winded friendship here we are on this on this podcast talking about it um and so what 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 year did you what was your like introduction into uh dipping your toes into the champ camp river if you will. So I remember the first, I think I came down 2012 and 2013, maybe just to like say hi. I was like skateboarding on the strand or something. And I knew you were running camp and I came down and like just said hi to check it out. And I was like, this is cool. This is great. Like he's, he's got it going. And then uh, summer 2014, I did a whole, I used to work in music for those that don't know, um, touring with a bunch of different rock bands and whatnot as a drum tech and stage manager. And we did a, I think it was seven weeks of a tour across the country in Canada. Um, and so that was obviously very tiring. And I came home and kind of rested. 
for a week or two straight and then had uh, about a week of free time where I don't know if you approached me or I approached you and I just ended up working the last week of summer 2014, That's um, which was super cool. And I, I never, I grew up with younger sisters. Um, they're 12 and 16 now. So like in high school, I was rocking them to sleep and whatnot. So I'd always kind of had that thing uh, and, and working with kids, even though they were my sisters. Um, so it kind of came naturally to me where you were like, Hey, you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like I, I was actually voted biggest little kid in high school. <laughs> so it's very, very fitting that someone voted that would then also, uh, start working at a summer camp, essentially still, you know, running around and being a kid for the summer with all these kids. So that was my first experience just that week in 2014, which was very eventful. If you remember. Oh, dude, that was the, that was the first week ever. That wasn't the next summer. I think it was the first week ever. Hmm. No, I, I think it was the end the of the summer. Summer where you had worked the whole summer, yeah. Because it was pretty uneventful that first week. Because that was the first. No, it because that was the first week that Mary worked ever too with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and then the next summer, you, you both. And the meal worked as well. I just remember like the crew that was there on that eventful day that you're Yeah, you're right. So, so for those that don't know, there's actually a video about it uh, on, on the Champ Camp website, right? Or on the YouTube channel? No, no. Talking I, about it? I never, oh, I was talking about it, yeah. But I never, talking I about, oh, not the video, but I was talking about the event that we're talking about is uh, we had a watermelon eating contest. I think it was my idea or Allie's idea. Um, my idea maybe an alley cut the watermelon. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, we had a watermelon eating contest for us and the kids would cheer us on. Um, kind of like you would see in a movie or something where there's, you know, six contestants or whatever, and the crowd is cheering them on. So we were eating watermelon. I took two big of bites and didn't chew them, tried to swallow them. Uh, one of them got stuck in my throat and EMT Trevor to the rescue Heimlicked the watermelon out of my throat. Um, pretty seamlessly where a lot of kids didn't even know that something pretty traumatic had happened. So um, that's just how we roll, keeping things smooth. Dude, uh, that's one of those things that didn't seem, uh, or not that it didn't seem uh, like hectic or traumatic when it happened. It just happened so quickly that once it so was quick. fine and over, which was like, you know, five seconds after it began or so, or so uh it, it was by it was like whoa like that was gnarly yeah it was crazy there was definitely some residual effects where uh like a month or two later i was eating and something kind of scratched my throat and felt like it was going to get lodged and i remember kind of going into shock as if like it was happening again or something um that was the first so I first and last watermelon eating contest we ever did Ever. We have since switched to whipped cream because you can't really choke on that. So it just kind of makes your face smell like rotten milk for the rest of the day. But that's okay. No choking hazard. We'll take it. Yep. So that's my intro. And then uh, I've been there every summer since with a few few days off here and there. Like you said, when, when gigs come up or whatever, I've had a few. Uh, I would say every summer there's like a two or three days where I'm not there because uh, there's some 
music thing that I have to go attend to. So thanks for the flexibility, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was the intro that first summer. And then uh, every, yeah, ever summer since, happily and luckily, you've been down to, uh, to jump in. And this summer That's was true. no different. Uh, different. Um, we with the like well, it was very different but it was no different in terms of me willing willing to be there right exactly um yeah but the summer obviously as a whole was and the approach to summer was wild yeah it was and so uh, we all were working together to figure out how to because it was on obviously then it was off and then camp was on and then off or whatever but once once we got word in 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 like mid-june that it was a for sure for sure that's when we kind of we hit the ground running gnarly uh you know you me and and ali most of the time kind of just like white writing filling up all the whiteboard space and diagramming and uh ordering copious amounts of cleaning supplies and um restructuring what camp was going to look like because literally, like literally what we normally are especially in manhattan where where you uh run the show, is a giant group of of kids and counselors swarming together all day we don't we we don't organize or we don't separate kids by ages we let everybody hang together we let everybody pick what they want to do and that's kids and counselors. So we're all like this one big swarm walking around our area, running around our area, going to the water, this and that. And with COVID, um, that's obviously the opposite of what we were able or what would keep kids safe and what we were going to be able to do. So we reimagined um, the world and uh, on paper, you know, put it down and even rethought like our footprint on the sand and what that would look like. Um, and that was like a, a super, I, it stands out as like a really long, gnarly, uh, just like laborious day for you. Because um, if you want to talk about that, like how, what kind of went into your, uh, your brainchild of like what our, shade setup would be that would enable us to give all the kids shade but also um not have to carry like 28 tents down to the sand you know right so normally our camp consists of three to four kids tents and then a counselor tent and then a break tent for the counselor so that's six tents five at minimum and you know we were thinking on a normal day we have close to 15 employees so carrying all of those tents you know you could tag team them two people to one tent and it's no big deal but with with limiting capacity we limited to what was the final number 30 it was 30 so it was like three pods of 12 each so right. right so we limited and i would say we cut capacity in half normal a normal week is probably 70 75 somewhere in there um, so we cut capacity directly in half and obviously with that cut of children, we'd have to staff less. So carrying down those six tents would be super hard work for those counselors on duty. And, 
would get probably old pretty fast. So we had an idea to try to maximize shade where we were now, like Trevor said, we were a swarm. I prefer to call it like a school, obviously, because we're on the beach, like a school of fish, hmm. where camp kind of like looks like this blob of goop. Um, Bushel of banana. Moving around together. What's that? Bushel of bananas. Oh, yeah, that's it. We're a big bushel. Um, but we all move like in unison wherever we go. Everyone kind of goes to the water or all this stuff. So we had to really revamp and we were going to make these three pods that we were calling them um, that were physically separated. And for the first time, we were going to do it by age um, just so that the, the age groups were together. And you we thought about alphabetical, but then, you know, what if you have five nine-year-olds and five four-year-olds it's, it's going to be a little tough for them to exist together um so for the first time we were trying to organize by age in these three pods that were physically separated and we thought about well one tent for a dozen kids is not enough for them to socially distance under um so i went into this this uh i'm uh i guess i would say i'm handy but like not really um i have no formal training and right. anything like that. Handy. Um, I'm a hand, camp handyman. Um, MacGyver is a nickname you've called me. For those that don't know, MacGyver was a guy that would kind of, he could get himself out of any situation with like a piece of string and a knife or something. That's, um, that's me. So like if something falls apart and we don't have a screwdriver, I'm like, oh, just use a rock on the ground and like really push it in and the screw goes in. It's crazy. Um, so my thought was to make this shade system where we separate these three tents, thus carrying less tents, but then between them, we would drape, uh, this like garden mesh material that was about 10 feet wide. I think it stretched to 90 feet total. We, we got a lot of it. Aww. We got a lot of it and we were going to drape it between each tent with a PVC, uh, T bar. So essentially something that looks like a T would stick in the sand and that would help support the middle of this draping tarp, keeping it off of the kids' heads. Um, and it was good to go. We had it, we, we set up an experimental dry run in your guy, in your parents' alley and took up the whole alley, 90 feet of this stretched out mesh and tents and everything. It was and it was incredible. It was, it was swaying with the brain, with the wind and it was like a living, breathing, tent experience that was really cool um and it never got unveiled it didn't but uh, well first off i got i definitely have to give it to you because um you were adamant like the the in uh, internal like engineer in you knew that we're, you're like no we need these those like t structures on uh underneath each of the shade components and um i was from the beginning, like anti T mechanism, just because it, it was like more stuff to carry. And I was just For in sure. go, go mode, like, no, dude, we'll be fine. But absolutely, what would have happened if we didn't have the T when we got there? You know, if things turned out different and we actually got to the beach and set up the stuff, right. uh, all the tents would have fallen over in less than one minute <laughs> if it weren't for your I think we tried first just to see without the T and that mesh, even with the tents pulled as far apart as they could, the mesh was still heavy enough to where it would, it was like a foot off the ground. 
So obviously that's a hazard in, in various ways and you can't have that. Right. Um, I don't know. I just, I was, uh, I was just really set on gravity, really messing with that mesh and it, I and mean, you were like you were like it weighs a pound or two pounds or whatever the, the packaging was and i was like dude but think about that and like how big of an area it covers and then like gravity on top of it and you're like it's 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 porous like it's just and i'm like i don't know dude you just so, anyway you went to home depot and you cut the pipes and uh yeah. rigged it up as you have done it uh, shout out to my dad. He he's a science teacher, and he is where I get that gene from. I think, um, where he is very good at at sort of rigging stuff together. And I went to him and I said, "Hey, what do you think of this this idea?" And he's like, "I think you're going to need the T's. You're going to need something in the middle because even though it's very light, you're going to need something to support it. The, the tents can't handle it. You know, unless you were to like." ratchet strap it that's the only way you could really get it to be flat if you had structured you know things deeply buried in the ground um which obviously we can't do because we don't set up a permanent footprint on the beach yeah uh so shout out to him for giving me that gene and also agreeing with me and kind of helping me devise that plan so yeah that was it was a beautiful thing but uh the silver lining is that um that little that setup is incredible and going forward um the on all the summers to come kids can look forward to way more shade uh and counselors can look forward to uh way less tents to, <laughs> to carry uh, i think i think that's the the end goal and i think it will be great um i think there's a video did you post a video of that on a instagram I'm a little, uh, a little fun short. It's also on our yeah. Still look at so it. Check that video out. You can get an idea of, of the thing I'm referencing and maybe watch that as I'm talking about this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What a, what a, that was a crazy, and that was like less than a week before go time. I think that was literally, that was, that was Friday or Thursday. Before yeah. It was, it. and then it was, I think it was Wednesday because Thursday we had training. Oh, that's right. The day, the day before training, and I think I rolled it all up and packed it in the van, and it was going to be there ready for training. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, and it uh, it's still in the van. It's ready to go for next summer. Ready so, to rock. Ready to rock and roll. I saw it this morning actually when I went checked out the vans, man. So. Um, so that was, that was, and then, you know, everyone knows the story because we talked about it a few times already, but, uh, you know, some things transpired and we ended up making the call to stop camp or to, to not move forward with, with camp. And, um, it was a, uh, it was a hard decision. It was painful. It was, you know, heavy, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, but you, man, um, as always are like my uh the the go-to uh the go-to phone call to bounce stuff off of and so you were one of the the earliest people on the main the mainstays of uh you know trying to come to a resolution or a decision that made sense um you know also obviously trying not to rush into a decision or rush into judgment, but, uh, but also time was of the essence. So you were right there, um, right there with us. And then once the call was made, 
Um, you also jumped right in and were a huge part of uh, the, the goodie bag deliveries um, because one thing, you know, obviously kids hadn't done, hadn't been able to do much of anything for a few months, couldn't go to school and we were in quarantine. And then um, for the, you know, it wasn't the whole South Bay, but there was a good amount of kids who had signed up to come th through Champ Camp and were, you know, looking forward to it. And we did one of the things that um, we never want to do, but it was, it was kind of inevitable with the call we had to make. And that was disappoint, um, disappoint kids. And we, um, right. it, it was a bummer, but that's, you know, kind of some of the fallout that happened. So one, just small gesture that we uh, we decided to to do was to um, for every kid that was enrolled and was banking on coming to Champ Camp over the summer, we delivered a backpack um, with a mask and a water bottle and a note, you know, from uh, written by us um, to the doorstep, not not mailed or anything. We wanted to have that like personal touch of delivering it and, you know, fought, like making that effort at least to um, at least bring a little, a little uh, happiness or satisfaction to the kids. And uh, I honestly can say that if you hadn't jumped in on that process, I probably would still be packing bags and <laughs> driving around um, still driving around in those vans. Cause those, shout out to, um, I mean, so much respect for, for like delivery drivers, FedEx, UPS, you know, right? Uh, postal service, anybody delivering stuff because it is no easy task. Uh, so we we did that and we jumped into that and drove the vans around for. It, it took us, you know, less time than I thought. It took us maybe a week or so to to get through all of them. Um, right. I was looking back. It's kind of it was it was a a cathartic process. I think for both of us, as we talked about, just even though we weren't having camp, it was like a little bit of closure on the summer and it felt like a nice way to ring things out. But it was also weird driving around the South Bay in the heat of the summer without actually having a camp going on, but just like delivering these things, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it, I, I, I honestly enjoyed the, that process because it felt like we were still giving um giving what we could like you know our hands were kind of tied and we wanted to keep the kids happy and kind of keep to our promise of giving them these goodie bags um and also too like we you know we had these masks made i think we bought and had 500 masks printed or something um so each kid was going to get these packs and a mask was going to be included because a mask was mandatory and we said okay we have to supply one so we went out and got champ camp branded ones and you know there's no point in holding on to those because who knows if next summer you'll need a mask or whatever the limiters are um so we wanted to get those to the kids and then kind of give them some other goodies and just kind of make them feel like you know even though we're not having camp we still want them to know that you know all the kids are on our radar and we definitely uh miss being out there with them this summer so it was cool and i enjoyed I found out that on, I think I used Google Maps and, yeah. and Excel, Microsoft Excel. I made a spreadsheet of all the names and addresses, which had a hiccup later on, we found out. Um, 
but all the addresses were correct. So I, I made an Excel spreadsheet of all the names and all the addresses. And then I alphabetized the names and I figured that the rows would also shift with it, but the names just alphabetized, alphabetized and the addresses stayed put. So all of the names were wrong. Um, but that didn't matter because all the packs were the same. We just needed to know wh where the addresses were. So we had to cross reference with the actual signups to see whose house we were at and whatnot. Um, but you could take this Excel sheet and put it in, I think it was Google Maps or MapQuest or something, one of those websites, and it gave you a multi-point uh, map. So we, we, we had, I don't know, how 50, maybe 50 spots on a map that you and I had to hit, and we kind of split them. We used Sepulveda or PCH, Pacific Coast Highway, um, as kind of a breaking point where you did everything west and I did everything east. And we just one after another. And sometimes it was on the same block where I drop one off and I drive to the end of the block. And I'm like, Oh, it's right here. Mm. And it made me feel like the Amazon guy. And I was like, he does this all day, every day. And I'm like, it's tiring, like getting in and out and back in the car and out dropping it off and like all this stuff. So yeah, the part that I enjoyed most was obviously, cause we did this during still quarantine going on for some people or most people, um, most people were home. And so a lot of times I would approach the door or they would see the big green van and kind of glance out the window and then I'd give them a wave or whatever. And a, and a handful of parents came out and were so appreciative and just surprised to see us. You know, it, it felt really cool that they were so receptive and wanted us to know, like they appreciated it and they had such good things to say. And obviously they kind of sent condolences, you know, knowing that we couldn't operate as normal. It obviously affected them and they know it affected us. And, they were very compassionate and kind of gave their best wishes and you could, and even like a, a few parents I stopped and chatted with for like five or 10 minutes. And it was great to have that bond and see familiar faces and be like, here, you know, we're still here. We're just trying to do our thing and, and give your kid uh, a, a little bit of happiness on our end. So mm. it was, it was cool to deliver those. And I, I agree with like the, the personal touch, because if you just mail it, um, obviously maybe a little more efficient and doesn't take, doesn't take a week to do of running around, but, but then you don't get that personal thing. Like you could write a little note to each family, but you know, still like, I think having that, that physical connection is, is really important, especially during a time when, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to connect with people because of what's going on. Yeah. So. We, we did, we did mail one bag and that bag was sent to Atlanta, Georgia for some kids who signed up. And then we actually just heard back from the family and who got the bag and those kids were psyched and um, yeah. And they are going to be back next summer. So we're all right. Good. And I, that's, a, that's kind of not a common thing, but every summer there's a few kids that don't live in the South Bay and they come on vacation and we are part of their summer vacation, which has always felt super special to me where, you know, if I would go on vacation. I grew up going to my, my dad is from England. So we would go to either England or my mom is from Rhode Island. So we would go to Rhode Island or England for like a few weeks each summer to see my grandparents and family. And I never did something like that. I think one time I did a surf class um, in England for maybe two days or something. And I was like, I can't imagine going somewhere on vacation and then also having this incredible experience where there's this camp that goes on and like makes you feel welcome. And, you know, it's, it's a really cool experience. And I think the farthest we've had is uh, this kid that's come the last few summers from the Czech Republic. Right. And 
I, I, we gave him, I think we gave him a hat and a, a bonus t-shirt or something last summer to kind of show like how appreciative we were. I think he came maybe seven or eight weeks of last summer or something. Um, and then I, I remember connecting with his dad and saying like, Hey, when you get back to Prague, can you send us like pictures of him in front of some iconic uh, locations in Prague? Like I've, I've been there before and I said, Oh, maybe on uh, I think it's the Charles bridge or something, St. Charles bridge. And I was like, go there and, you know, take a, and he sent me 10 pictures of his son wearing this full champ camp outfit all around Prague. And I was like, that's so cool. Like Amazing. our gear is in Prague. Like it's, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I can't imagine like how that family must've felt uh, getting that bag in Atlanta and being like, Oh, you know, our whole, our whole summer was kind of a, a wash, but this camp that we signed up for still kind of took care of us and didn't forget about us or whatever. So, yeah, it's cool. So yeah, that, that is cool. I'm glad we did it and I'm glad we got through it. And, um, yeah. But what a, we made the best of it. We went out and we, we like met halfway through the day for lunch and like, we made the most of it. Two it guns. was great. That week I ate at two yeah. guns for lunch. Way too many. Shout out, shout out two guns. Two guns, man. Yeah, they're the best. What is that? The sandwich? The sandwich. Oh, boy, that Chipotle aioli or whatever's on it. Oh, yeah. Thank you, two guns. Yeah. I want bottles of that stuff. <laughs> You're a big sauce guy. Big sauce guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You just you just wait till I ask my uh, my curveball question at the end of this. That's I got those segments. Um, so now I guess that brings us to now. Uh, you said you've been uh, you just wrapped up a couple week gig um, running the yep. photo studio, and yep. uh, you and I met over the weekend on a something that's been a long time coming. Um, where it's a, a lot of a, a, a lot of uh you know sweet talking on my end um to get you to come around uh and it was just like getting you on this podcast it was a good get so uh yep. as, a, as a just a quick preview without get, giving anything away um i don't know what what are we what are we working on behind the scenes right now so we're working on a uh, something on the platform Teachable. For those of you pretty well-versed or knowledgeable in that, you kind of know what it is. For those of you that aren't, um, it is an online platform where you can go and take, I don't want to say classes, but courses. We're opting to call it an adventure for ours. Um, but essentially, you can learn skills and kind of take classes, sort of, for lack of a better term. Um, so one of my my secret hidden skills that does come out every now and then every summer, um, something that I enjoyed when I was a kid, I was probably seven or eight maybe when I discovered this, um, are these things called fingerboards. So a fingerboard is a miniature skateboard. I don't know the exact um, the exact scale if it's like one to one to ten or whatever the scale is. Um, but it fits like in the palm of your hand. So it's a pretty small skateboard. Um, but ever since I was a kid, I've enjoyed learning tricks with those and kind of playing with like, I think it started when I grew up skateboarding and during the winter, there's like a rainy day or whatever. Um, 
and you can't go skateboard, I would envision this fingerboard as like doing the tricks that I wanted to do on a real skateboard. Um, so I would go in the garage and I made this whole giant table with like ramps and rails and all sorts of stuff. And a friend of mine that lived a block over would come over and we would just play with these little fingerboard toys forever. Um, I was eventually like in a contest in Manhattan Beach. There was an old toy store. I think it was on Manhattan Ave, uh, kind of across from where Becker is now, Becker's Bakery. It was Puzzle Zoo or something like that. And there was this contest held by, I don't even remember. I think K-Rock, the radio station was there. And there was also a yo-yo competition going on at the same time. It was crazy. Um, so it's kind of always been this secret talent. And then maybe seven years ago, I kind of got back into it and realized they had these really fancy boards that were like real wood with bearings and urethane wheels and all sorts of stuff. And they were a little bit bigger. And obviously I had grown up since I was seven or eight and my hands got bigger and the, the smaller boards were too small for my fingers. And I found these and got really into it. And then kind of always would imagine how doing a trick on my fingerboard could translate from actual skateboarding or vice versa, where you, you know, you want to do something on your skateboard and you can't, but maybe you can do it on your fingerboard or maybe you can imagine it on your fingerboard and then it helps you actually do it in real life on a skateboard um either way it's just fun and it's it's a blast to just kind of sit there and uh it actually became a crutch for those of you that don't know i was in an accident a few years ago and had knee surgeries back to back and couldn't really do anything other than physical therapy um couldn't skateboard couldn't really exercise and i really took to fingerboarding during that time as something active to do to kind of keep obviously like your whole body isn't doing it, but to keep my attention and I would go to the park and I would do my physical therapy routine for like an hour and a half. And then I would sit at the park and kind of relax and I would just fingerboard for hours. And it really, it really kept my mind. Uh, it kept my mind busy and it kept me thinking about like the day that I would be able to skateboard again and whatnot. So, um, I think it's more powerful than just like looking at it as a toy, um, which does sound kind of crazy because everyone looks at it and they're like, it's just this miniature skateboard. And I'm like, no, it's like something that keeps you busy and keeps you kind of creative and thinking and like active almost. Um, so that's my connection with that. And Trevor has kind of bugged me about it for a while. And he's like, we should do a, a teachable lesson on it. And I'm like, I don't think like it's, it's kind of too niche where it's, it's not, popular enough or whatever but i think it's slowly becoming more popular and there's definitely a lot of like social media presence with fingerboarding if you look for it um so anyway trevor has convinced me to finally team up with champ camp and butterboards and we are doing a fingerboarding teachable lesson you're letting so, your your skills blossom into the world dude because as that's it like to piggyback your point um it if 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 for anybody that that is into skateboarding or has grown up skateboarding um what you said about it being like more than just a little plastic toy is is so true because it is. like if you're if you're we're both into skateboarding and grew up skateboarding that's that's what you know was like a big part of our common bond growing up we have right 
camps and this is it's how we started doing camps in the before the beach camp in the first place and growing up like if you were hurt or if it was raining or like even uh you know at recess or whatever like when you're really into skateboarding all you think about is skateboarding but you can't always skateboard so this exactly uh is is this cool like extension of you know of skateboarding outside but when you can't and even it's my uh, ali has is to this day like will like look at me like really are you serious because i'll have like the remote for the tv and and i'll be like flipping it like i'm fingerboarding or like at a stoplight i'll be on my on my uh, steering wheel like pretending i'm skating and it seems silly to like be a grown man doing a thing totally, but totally. it's if you know you know and that's that's i think that's the point of this right. of, of us kind of diving into this to just share this the cool thing tim that you spent you know that it because in talking about the course we didn't really even dive in yet to all of that stuff and what it um gave you during that time of like healing and, and rehab and stuff but it's cool and then i think any any skill that like we value or like gives us relief and joy is worth sharing if we can so that's right. what we're doing and i think a, a promising factor is that every summer uh, we have a bag of fingerboards and ramps and stuff in the van and we'll bring them out a few days a week. And almost every time there's like a dozen, 10 to 12 kids standing around this table playing with these fingerboards and wanting to, like, I will sit there and do a trick or something and they'll look at me like in awe almost where I can ollie and it looks like the board is floating and the kids are like, how do you do that? You pick it up? And I'm like, no, it's, I only use two fingers and it's this like kind of gravity uh, momentum thing that works out and the kids are blown away. And we had a talent show last summer and I, I ollied over five kids laying down from table to table and they were like, how did you do that? And I'm like, look, like I, I even pulled my long sleeve up, covered the rest of my hands and only had two fingers out and still did the ollie. And they were like, they looked at me like I was a magician. I'm like, you can do this. And so like seeing the kids, kind of mesmerized by that and and like kids would come up every almost every day and say can we do fingerboards can we do fingerboards and i'm like this is cool like these kids every, you know even if there's 10 kids that want that every week and even one or two of those kids are like hey i want to take it a little bit further and really try to be able to do what he's doing or do flip tricks or grinds or anything like that but even still like just playing with it and picking it up not knowing how to do maneuvers is still fun like Trevor was saying you always want to skateboard, but you, you can't like Trevor, you know, you're driving a car. You obviously can't skateboard, but you're always thinking about it. So it's fun to like play around and envision a new grind or a new flip trick or something. Even if you're just holding it in your hand, kind of playing with it, not even doing any crazy maneuvers, but just having it. And I always joke too, like before the fidget spinner got popular, it was like an actual tool that, that kids with, um, like an ADD type uh, mentality would need that as something to keep their mind active and keep their focus going where I was actually diagnosed with ADD as a kid and my parents didn't, didn't really treat it or anything. So I've had to find ways to sort of keep my attention. And that is sort of a way where I'll sit there and just kind of flip the fingerboard 
you know, if, if I get nervous or anxious or whatever, and I'll sit there and I'll flip the fingerboard and it's like calming in a very weird way. Um, so yeah, it's definitely deeper than I think people realize. And people look at you like, Oh, you're a grown man playing with this toy. And I'm like, yeah, it's a toy. If you play with it as a toy, but it's also like a great hobby and it like passes time well and, and keeps your attention and you can get creative and, and, I wouldn't say it's a workout, but it's something active rather than just sitting and watching TV or something. It keeps you, keeps your brain busy, which I like. Yeah. It's a little time away from a screen, you know, which is right. incredibly valuable right. literally right now more than ever. Especially now. Yeah. Especially like, and going into winter, winter during quarantine sounds like a very dreadful time. Um, so I think more than, not that we have crazy winters, but I think more than ever, uh, people might be looking for something to do inside that kind of translates or passes the time and gets them through until they can go back outside to skateboard by themselves or whatever. I know, dude. All right. And so stay tuned for that gem uh, coming yeah. up. Horizon. Um, all right, dude. So as we're uh, nearing the end of this first podcast journey together, we're going to introduce two new segments to, um, here we go. This episode. So the one I told you about already. So I think we'll close with that, um, which we'll introduce after this. But this one's just um, the, the, the beta name uh, is Rapid Fire. Haven't really like that's the version um, off the top of the head. So I just have like five random questions for you to answer. First thing that comes to mind. And then after that, we'll move into the uh, the closing segment. All right. Let's do it. Quick five. All right. Are you Quick. ready? So, Let's do it. Best donut of all time. Ooh, best donut of all time. I'm going to have to go with Randy's Donuts. They have a, uh, a crumb donut, but it's like a, a vanilla crumb. And it's like, I asked him one time, I said, what's on this donut? And he said, it's ground up donuts and sugar and butter ground up mixed together like in a food process or whatever and then put on top of this donut and then glazed over with like more crumb it's crazy it's called a butter crumb donut they have a chocolate version and a vanilla version i am so passionate about it. it is my favorite donut for those of you in the south bay there's two locations um those two two closest are on rosecrans and then uh manchester so you can go find those Anywhere, anywhere Randy's exists. Those are my favorite. Randy's I even have a Randy's crew neck sweatshirt. I'm very passionate. I have a donut tattoo. Like it's, it's the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Um, That's a great question. Great question. Next, next one. Uh, what's your favorite champ camp garment of all time? That can be uh, Ooh. shirt, hoodie, a hat, pants, okay. or custom. I'm going to have to go, it's a tie, I think, but they're two different garments. So the first one I think is going to be, we've never really made, we made dad hats one summer. I'm a big dad hat guy. They just fit my head well. This is a trucker kind of dad hat hybrid, but um, they just fit my head well and they're like floppy and you can kind of get them sweaty and then put them in the washing machine and it's totally fine. Um, but we made these, these dad hats leading up to our summer this year. And I made, uh, or I had made a khaki one with oh, yeah. like mint thread and 
for the for the the directors i made a weird color each and i think joni had yellow lily had lavender and then i think josh got a trucker hat um and then you guys got hats and stuff and i made this khaki like vintage washed one with lime green or mint green thread and i wear that hat all the time because it's comfortable and it just looks crazy like it, it fits my style very well um so that's my probably my number one go-to. My second one is I know I'm like a bright guy, but I think my my favorite one is probably the the black shirt with pink writing on it. Mm-hmm. Just the just the the stacked logo on the front and back, and it's like a black shirt, but it's like pink pow or not pow, but pink stack text. So it's just weird enough, but you could wear it with like all black, and it's not super crazy. That's a nice one. Um, I'm I'm not gonna pick any of the ones we just made because people haven't seen them maybe, and also like I I made them so I can't pick them. <laughs> uh, that feels weird. The shirt that I that I drew is my favorite. Blackbeard so. Beach. Check it out. Champcampkids.com/shop. That's Blackbeard Beach. That is my uh, my hand drawn and then scanned rendition. It's very it's my talent. My talent maximized. So, all right. Question three. Question three. Uh, let's I see. I gotta be more rapid with this. Yeah, this is. I know this is kind of like rapid molasses. Um, I'm not explaining the last three. Just answer. No, you're gonna have to explain some of them. <laughs> you could have one juice for the rest of your life. What would that be? What juice would that be? You know that I'm a juice guy. Um, I gotta go with Old Faithful. Carrot orange. Weird. Carrot orange is my favorite juice blend of all time. Uh, right now I'm drinking a kiwi drink. It's like a kiwi, it's a milky kiwi drink from Starbucks. I think it's called star drink or something. Kiwi drink. It is good. It is very good. Um, yeah, I just, I like, uh, I like fruits and juices. So that's my, that's my jam. I pictured you going refreshing juice for your all time. Not that carrot and orange isn't refreshing, but yeah. Like it's a, it's not thick, but it's, it's a little bit in the middle, you know, uh, it, when it comes to viscosity. So I was thinking more of like a, like a raspberry spritz watermelon, something like that, but carrot orange. That's nice. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, Ooh, that is a good, yeah, I'm going carrot orange. That's my favorite. Stick to it. That's good. Okay. Now this, this fourth one, um, it, you, you, you're going to inevitably, I think, be biased on this question, but I want you to explain your choice, okay? Cause you're, so you're going to have to justify. Maybe we shouldn't call this rapid fire, but anyway. Okay. Um, if you had to pick, mustache, beard, or bald, and why? Okay. Um, I've had a beard since like seventh grade or eighth grade maybe. <laughs> Granted, it wasn't very good, obviously, but also through that time, I've had like crazy mustaches and stuff too. Um, I'm going to say beard. I haven't shaved to skin in probably four or five years. And prior to that, probably another four or five years. Um, The only reason I shaved to skin is because I was Guy Fieri for Halloween. And so I had like a a bleached goatee crazy thing. And I was like, I got to get rid of this. Um, And so I, so I shaved my face to skin for the first time in five years and haven't shaved the skin since. Um, 
I like a beard because it's like there's just padding and it like keeps your face warm and I don't know I've just always had it I also have sensitive skin so like if I shave with an actual razor um I get my my pores or my my skin my hair follicles don't do well so I, I can't it's just easier I take the explanation I figured you'd say that but I, I hear you if uh, truth be told if I could uh if I could grow a full beautiful glorious beard I would I would probably have one um I it looks like I shave into a mustache and a goatee on purpose but I don't I just don't grow this big beard up here I just grow this you know weird uh 90 goatee automatically um, it's nice you look like uh like when an actor lets loose yeah you know yeah what I'm talking about that's true like like uh actors don't really grow full beards they'll grow like a goatee mustache combo when they're like playing a role or they're like on vacation for a month. So it's a good look. Don't knock it. Okay. Well, I do. I, thank you for the boost. I appreciate you. Also, also too, um, my stepbrother who doesn't have the beard gene, apparently bought a beard kit and he's like putting this oil on his skin. I don't know what it's about, but he said it's supposed to help his beard grow. Cause he's my brother and I both have like, capabilities to grow big beards my brother lives in the mountains and his is pretty big um but my younger brother doesn't have that gene and wants it and bought this kit online and it's like this oil treatment thing for six months or something and then it's supposed to have like a beard don't know i'll have to get back to you with results and then maybe you're maybe you're in yeah okay and for uh, fifth and final rapid rapid-ish fire question um, what is your favorite smell in the world and why? Oh. Favorite smell. This one is very weird. There's two. The first one, like, I know you're not supposed to like it, obviously, but like spray paint. Okay. So to explain that, I grew up. Uh, making stencils and I would like spray paint them on shirts or like on my skateboard or whatever. And so it, it just reminds me of like being creative and making a stencil and doing stuff like that. So I have this association with like my childhood of doing that stuff. Um, I don't sit there and like huff it, but if I, you know, if you spray something and you stand away, even through a mask, you can kind of smell it. Um, and it makes me feel like I'm being creative smelling. So um, the second one, is very similar too, which is Sharpie markers. Dude. They smell so nice. Same deal. Like again, I'm like whenever I use a Sharpie, I feel like I'm in two settings. I mean, I'm at work, maybe not at camp, but like at the photo studio or when I used to work in music, you have a Sharpie on you at all times. You pull it out, you write something. I'm like, okay, I'm being productive. The other is like if I'm doing artwork or something, tracing lines or making nice fine black lines. I'm being creative. So it's like a, my association with, with doing artsy things are those two smells. I love it, dude. Other, other than that, I'm going to be very basic and say, dude, pumpkin spice. I know it's hot right now because it's coming up to autumn, but I have. ESL, dude. I probably, I'm a big candle guy, so I do like scents. Um, Trader Joe's has a mango one. It might be out of season now, but I bought three of them before they went out of season to stock it up, you know? Um, I probably have like 15 candles in my house, like in a cupboard 
And of those 15, I would say 10 of them are pumpkin, like pumpkin cheesecake, pumpkin spice, just straight up pumpkin. Like, uh, I love it. Yeah. Dude, it's like sweet and savory and like spicy. Oh, it's the best. Makes you think of like fall, like kind of cozy, like yeah. put on some Uggs. I don't own Uggs, but if I did. <laughs> I don't either, but. <laughs> I'll just put on like four pairs of socks. It's like the same feeling, I imagine. Uh, also like uh, Christmas trees, Christmas tree scent, very, very uh, nostalgic and very soothing. You know, I didn't even when I threw that question down. I didn't think of I I I thought it was gonna go like you know in the direction of like a like a warm a warm pastry or like some like you know a pleasing something's pleasing to your senses. But it's a cool way you took it in like connecting it to like a uh, a feeling you have in the real world which is what that's it do when they bring us back and stuff so that's that's right cool. there there's i've had this crazy that you say that but i i put that i'm very strong with like my smell and i have like auditory connection as well where if i hear a sound or whatever like i can still hear my grandmother passed away a few years ago and i could still hear her singing from when i was a kid like she's in the in the kitchen in their house and I could still hear her voice um, from years ago, like 20 years ago. Um, but with smells crazy that like, I would say I've had this, this experience maybe three or four times in my life, but this smell brings me back to my elementary school cafeteria. Wow. And like four, I've had it like four times since then in probably like the last 15 years where it's a, it's a combination of like old food and like, I don't even know what exactly it is or how it's recreated, but it like flashes me right back to sitting on those like fold up little lunch table chairs. And I'm just like, I'm back in that elementary school cafeteria. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. I live for that stuff. It's great. That's incredible. Okay. So, um, we're on our now that our our first ever official segment is complete. Let's go on to our uh, our final segment of the show, also a brand new one. Um, in the spirit of you, we're calling this one Dealer's Choice. So I was yeah. thinking, um, maybe you introduce your uh, where did the whole Dealer's Choice uh, concept? What does that even mean? It's because it's it has relevance to uh, to Champ Camp and just to us. Um, yeah. Uh, Needed a friend, and then move into your dealer's choice. Uh, choice. I'm asking you. Right. Right. Okay. So dealer's choice for me is a concept that I don't know where it came from, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not very picky about stuff. There's like maybe one thing I don't like in like to eat or drink or whatever. And that's usually what it comes down to is dealer's choice on food or drink so for instance if trevor says hey i'm gonna go get coffee do you want anything and i'll say dealer's choice like <laughs> you pick and also too it comes down to like uh for for us it comes down to how well you know me because obviously you know like i don't drink caffeine you know that i'll probably get like a smoothie a decaf drink whatever um so that's a little more personal where i say hey dealer's choice and you know like what i do and don't like but to take it further whenever we go out to eat usually like at islands is our favorite place to go shout out islands you're the best um 
is I'll tell the waitress or waiter, they'll come up and I'll say, they'll say, what do you want to order? And I'll say, you can pick any sandwich, any burger, whatever you want, just to make sure it has a veggie patty because I don't eat meat. Um, but that's it. And I'll say, as long as it's vegetarian, you pick what I eat. I'm not picky. And like, sometimes they'll tell me what it is. And I'm like, great. Sometimes they'll just show up and I'm like, cool, no big deal. And they're always kind of like freaked out where they're like, I don't want to pick the wrong thing. And I'm like, there's no wrong thing, especially at islands. Like as long as it's vegetarian for me, I'm going to eat it and I'm going to enjoy it. So that's where dealer's choice came for me is like kind of giving the person the freedom to like, I don't know if it's deeper than that. And it's like giving the person the freedom to make you happy sort of in a way, or like maybe in our friendship sake, it's like, you know me so well that like, obviously I'm not going to be bummed if you get me something or I get you something. Um, <laughs> like, like, a, like a sparkling pumpkin Italian soda or something. That has happened. So every now and then I say dealer's choice and Trevor really pushes the limit and he says, I'm going to give him something crazy. And there's been a few times you've gone to like Whole Foods and you've brought me strawberry milk as a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and for instance, we went to Tanner's or he went to Tanner's. Shout out Tanner's Coffee Plate Array. Um, and a lot of shout outs here. We love our locals. And I said, yeah, get me whatever. He said, Italian soda? I said, sure. For, for those of you who don't know, Italian soda is like a syrup and sparkling water. And he, he comes back and says, just take a sip of it. And it's pumpkin sparkling soda. So kind of a weird one. It was good. You know that I like pumpkin scent now. Um, so I wasn't bummed. I wasn't bummed. But. Anyway, um, it's a trust exercise. Dealer's choice is a trust exercise. And so, he's tra- so essentially, Trevor, with you, you making this dealer's choice segment, you're trusting me you know, with your, with your airtime. And you're trusting me to ask you something that I think will be entertaining. And uh, that's it. So All right, maybe, you've, maybe you've made a, a grave error there. We'll see. Um, so for my dealer's choice, I'm keeping it very basic. And I just want to know your top five favorite foods all right classic question. classic uh classic question top five favorite foods okay let's dive into this um in no particular order because it would no 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 it has to be an order it has to be an order oh, oh no it's okay. it's okay it's okay it doesn't have to be an order that's that's really hard okay so uh a couple off the top of my head. Um, funny enough, also like connecting to memories I've had as a kid, you know, um, they just bring me back to certain, certain times. Mashed potatoes. Um, my, my grandma, Grandma Flo, she um, makes mean mashed potatoes and um, always has since I was a kid. And... Uh, I would just fill up on those um, <laughs> growing up. Is there skin? Skin in the mashed potatoes or no? So she doesn't leave the skin. My dad makes mashed potatoes and does leave the skin. And I, I do like sure. What's that? He, I said he sure does. I've had them. They're good. <laughs> they are good. So, okay. Good. Uh, um, mashed potatoes. Love me some mashed potatoes. Not necessarily first on my list. Um, I'm a big burger and fries guy uh you know if if there's a time when we're gonna go get food and go out either 
buddies or go out as a family. I love to get a, a, a good sturdy burger and fries. Um, iced coffee. Um, as a food. I mean, does that not count? Is that a, is that too beveragey? It is. Or you, That's okay. That's okay. okay. Iced coffee. Just, um, but I'm very picky with the iced coffee. Um, it's got to have like some chocolatey undertones and plenty of caffeine to um, get me all uh, anxious for like two hours until it fades back away. So um, a good iced coffee. Uh, what else, man? Good food. I feel like you're a. I feel like you're a big burrito guy. We've yeah. shared a lot of burritos. That Not was, shared, but that was had together. Yeah. Particularly breakfast burritos. I love burritos usually of all kinds, of all shapes and sizes. But um, breakfast burritos, it's just it's not it's not a food I have often. But it's something when I when I the opportunity pops up, um, right. it's just like you know such as a satisfying thing. it's nice we, we ate a lot of breakfast burritos prepping for summer actually i was just gonna say that shout out to benny's Dude. uh benny's gave us or not gave us but we went to benny's almost every other day and we got breakfast burritos yeah that was great Delicious. and then last but not least i think i i owe you, um, owe you one other one would just be Man, it's hard. To, it's hard to narrow it down, man. But I, 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 I guess I would go. Oh, fish, fish tacos, fish tacos. Ooh, just a solid, you know, burger and fries is nice, but it's a lot of food, and I'm not always in the mood for that. Fish tacos, pretty much always in the mood for fish tacos. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I eat fish, and they're probably in my top. They're probably in my top five. Fish tacos are phenomenal. Phenomenal, incredible. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we like that. All right, man. Well, you 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 kept it simple, and I like it. But uh, uh, hopefully, my my answers met you. They're great. The fish taco one, I did not know. So that's uh, something we'll have to dive into more. I think we've shared we've shared a few fish taco meals, but you didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know it was on your top five. Now we're gonna have to dive way deeper into the fish taco world. Deep into the ocean, dude. I've got some spots all over. All right. I, I I'm sure you do. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Close this, uh, this episode out, dude. Um, I have a little dealer's choice of my own. So now I'll be the dealer. Um, it's my choice. I got a question for you. Um, okay. so what seemingly small detail ensures that your day as a director at camp goes smoothly that isn't obvious to anyone else who's not in your shoes. So, um, obvious as the director would be like, keeping the kids safe, keeping our count accurate, um, having ample right. supplies um, so we don't run, run out of, you know, the essentials, obviously. But if those things are taken care of, what, what detail in your mind is super important to set you up for a day? Um, if I have an example, if, if, you, if you'd like, or you can just jump into it. Yeah, what's your example? For me, what's, what's your... for me it's like the uh, drop-off and pick-up. Um, like, the smoothness with which we make our way through that. Um, right. There's a lot of things going on. One, and mainly what pops into mind is like keeping the cars arriving for camp all the way to the right, uh, encouraging parents to keep their kids in the car until they get up to where we let them out, 
and then also encouraging drivers that aren't in camp uh, to that two cars actually can fit by each other on that on that small street um and it's little funny details but like if if it doesn't go well it can back up neighbors can become upset it blocks the lifeguards it's no bueno so in my mind all those things are floating around yeah that's true um that's a good one that is very important and i think a lot of people don't understand the importance of that or maybe it gets overlooked um that's a tough question there's kind of a lot of them and i think personally for me uh every morning i'll i'll pull up and we'll unload the van van will get situated all that stuff and i'll park the van somewhere and i think the thing the thing that makes my day easiest is if parking is simple so it depends on the day and it depends honestly on luck because a lot of times like it's not the same down there where you know there's those six spots against the wall on that tiny street that you know sometimes there's a guy parked there and he's going to work for that day and he leaves right when we're done unloading the van and i have to whip around and take that spot but that makes the day so much easier. And it's like parking luck essentially. And there was like a, I think I went like eight days straight getting really good parking luck last summer. And a lot of them were free parking. So like, I didn't have to pay for parking in the lot or anything. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's no big deal if we have to pay for parking, but it's just nice to, to not have to, because you have to go up at one o'clock or 1230 and set a timer for that or a reminder to make sure you go pay your meter. Otherwise you get a ticket. Um, so it's nice to not have to do that in the middle of the day. If you have one of these free parking spots. Um, so that's kind of a little one that keeps my day going well. Um, another thing is too, like that kind of piggybacks on that is if my parking task is super simple, um, then it allows me, I'm, I'm big into meditation that Trevor kind of turned me on to and, and actually bought me a subscription to uh, a meditation app. And I'll sit there and I won't use the app, but I'll, I'll just sort of do like a breathing exercise for like a minute or two. Um, you know, and if I'm running around looking for parking and I don't have parking and it takes me 10 minutes to park, I obviously don't have time to do my minute of breathing. And I have to kind of fill that in somewhere after drop off or somewhere before water time or whatever it is. But it's so much nicer if I can do it before, like right as I park the van, I sit there for a minute, I breathe and I'm like, OK, I'm ready for the day. But if you don't have that minute of like deep breath and focus, your day just feels like a little thrown off. So for me personally, that's huge. And it's, it's just parking luck. And I call it parking karma where <laughs> like, I feel like it, it, you have to kind of put it out there in the world and not really expect it and just like hope for the best. Um, and also like being nice. Like if you know, there's one parking spot, this totally obviously the karma thing is kind of playing into this is like, you know, you're in the grocery store parking lot and there's a spot there and it's right next to the door and you're like, Oh, I want to park there. And then you see like an old lady coming and you give her that spot, you know, just kind of that really ups your parking karma where two months later you're looking for a parking spot at the beach and it's crammed and there's nowhere to park. And then all of a sudden one just shows up and you're like, man, that's parking karma. So boom, that's it. So just, I mean, piggybacking on uh, being a good person as well and just helping out, helping out our peers and uh, our elders as well. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Parking huge. And that totally would uh, play into my, into my day, too, at, at, in terms of camp. 
Uh, yeah. There's been days where I'll drive around for like half an hour and I can't find a spot. And then eventually I find one and it's like five blocks away and I'll have to like run back to help set up camp. And I'm like sweaty and frazzled and like, you know, that doesn't set the tone for a, a smooth day. Obviously the days run smooth and you kind of work through it, but it's so much nicer if you don't have to sort of face that little morning obstacle. Amen, dude. Amen. Well, that's a beautiful note to end on. Uh, Get your parking karma up and um, be good to each other. And speaking of my being, dog's like, yeah, Scout has been a gem. This Scout, Scout's just, dude, she's the best. She just sat there, but she's like, okay, time to go home and, and play ball. <laughs> so. Jimmy, thank you for, it's been an honor to break ground on our podcasting uh, duet. And um, I I'm love getting it. A, I'm getting a screenshot. You ready? I'll get one. I got, I've, I've gotten a few. There we go. Um, uh oh, it's off. Well, anywho, dude, I love you. I appreciate you. Everyone in the camp loves you. You're, you're a legend uh, and you're a staple. And um, you, without you, camp wouldn't be what it is, man. So thank you for, for everything. Happy to do it. Happy to do it, man. You've been listening to Beyond the Beach, a Champ Camp podcast. High fives and good vibes. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find our website at champcampkids.com and on social media at Champ Camp Kids. Till next time, keep the high fives and good vibes. This is Beyond the Beach, signing off.